What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. My name is Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. I have a podcast about collecting sports cards, and here we are. I'm coming off of a just insane weekend as I'm recording this. Coming back from a Colts victory, which I cannot complain about. Being a season ticket holder, we haven't had one in a while, a home win. So I'll take it. I'll enjoy it. It wasn't perfect. There were things that happened that aren't so great. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's also my daughter's second birthday. We got that in. And we're also on baby watch. It is the time is ticking. Thought the baby would come by now as I record this. Maybe when this goes live, there'll be a new addition to Stacking Slabs HQ. I don't know. Uh, it's like a ticking time bomb, just waiting. I'm in this period where I just feel like I'm trying to transition, but can't quite get there yet. Um, I am trying to figure out where I cut my work off. I'm trying to figure out a lot of different things, but it's all up in the air. I'm sure any of the parents out there have gone through this. The uncertainty of when your next child is going to appear. It's something. This has caused me, you know, to think about the most important things and prioritize those things, which is good. The collecting sports cards is fun. It's an escape and it's a great hobby. But sometimes we got to think about the things that are happening in our life that are top priorities. And sometimes sports cards aren't one of them. But I can tell you this right now. When we got done with my daughter's birthday party and there was the cake going, we got the pizza. Shout out Basbos. I call Basbos. I say, I need six pizzas, six larges. Give me that salad. Give me a bunch of other things. But I need you to deliver it to my crib at three o'clock. Can you be there? They said yes. And Basbos came, delivered. We got pizza that filled everybody up. Basbos is not the unofficial sponsor this week. I'm just giving Basbos some placement because they fed the uh, the dinner experience or fed the party. It was great. I was about midway through the party and looked over my wife said, is the baby going to come tonight? She said, I don't think so. And I said, okay, you're giving me the go ahead. I'm buying my ticket to WWE Fastlane. Premium live event in Indianapolis this weekend. Last minute, bought my ticket. Sat by myself. I go to events all the time by myself. I love it, especially wrestling events. You want to talk about getting away and escaping? Just be by yourself and go to events. I can see anything by myself. I love it. And that event was awesome. Got to see John Cena. I'm not sure. That was a driving force for me. I was like, man, how many more times am I going to get to see John Cena? So I went, got out there. It was awesome. The crowd was nuts. It was the show delivered. If you watched it at home, hopefully you thought it was a good time. I thought Indianapolis showed up. McAfee came out representing Indianapolis, which was fun. Also got us excited saying, hey, this city deserves a WrestleMania. The last one was WrestleMania 8, which I was at in the Hoosier Dome. But I agree with Mr. McAfee that Indianapolis deserves another WrestleMania. I had a great time this weekend on Baby Watch. Cards are kind of taking a backseat, but you know what? I'm sitting here post-Colts victory, and I said, it's time to talk about sports cards. I'm enjoying the way I'm operating recently. It's just this new era where I don't feel like I need to get cards just to satisfy the itch. 
and just buy stuff to buy stuff or settle. No settling over here. I am taking my time. I'm being methodical. I'm building my process. I'm sending cards to consignment. I'm continuing that flywheel. When you've got the flywheel going and the flywheel is working for you, everything else just happens. I think it's a hobby. That's one thing that we should never forget. I don't want to do all the stuff in the hobby that I hate. And that stuff might be taking pictures of cards, packaging cards, selling cards on other platforms. I don't do that. I just send my, put my stuff in a box and send it to my man, Chris, at Volume Accumulation. Find yourself someone in the consignment game who makes your life easy. Remember, again, it's a freaking hobby. We shouldn't take it so serious. And if you're doing stuff in the hobby and spending time in cards, that, of stuff you don't like, make an adjustment. Make a switch. There are plenty of services and things out there that can make your hobby experience even better. I want to shout out today's unofficial sponsor, MTV Unplugged. Yes, MTV Unplugged. We all remember the series from back in the day. They're not even emerging. They're not making a comeback, and MTV is still showing Jersey Shore reruns and not True Life reruns because there's a lot of s- silly stuff back then, but I could watch True Life reruns all day. But, you know, if you go to MTV now, you're watching uh, Jersey Shore maybe some real world road worlds challenge, but they just decided, you know what? I want to hit the nostalgia button and let's go to our favorite sports card podcast and that stacking slabs and unofficially sponsor them. So I want to thank the great people at MTV unplugged for giving me the opportunity to shout out their brand and series. You know, most people, when they think about MTV unplugged, most people go straight to the Nirvana set and you know, that might've been transcendent and people might still be, talking about that today. But for me, when I think about MTV Unplugged, nine times out of 10, I'm going to Allison Chains' set. That thing right there is what I'm talking about. So shout out to all you Allison Chains fans out there. If you feel like Allison Chains kind of just rocked it out in the shadow of Nirvana and should be given more credit, I agree with you. What a great rock and roll band. So there's some homework for everyone today. If you're a 90s kid and you grew up and you're looking to get a little angsty and rock the freak out, go put on Allison Chains Unplugged. Thank you, MTV. So I'm coming off of this Colts game, and it was a win against the Tennessee Titans, which is great. And all, But the, the black shadow is the fact that Anthony Richardson got, someone fell on his shoulder and he had to leave the game early. And so there was the concussion, and now this and it's a bummer because we all just want to see AR play. And he's played so awesome when he's in the game. He's exciting. He's definitely the future. But there is something that happened to me this week that was just validation for just this other flavor of the hobby that sometimes it's super dangerous to get mixed up in. Of course, I love Anthony Richardson and he's been so fun. And, you know, I know he's good enough and he's likely the future of this franchise. And so what does that do, right? I want to get in the mix and start looking at his cards and building out a collection, but the timing isn't right. And so I know the timing isn't right because the more time I've spent in the hobby and understand prices, what I could get for a certain dollar amount and what I shouldn't be paying for during a certain period, when I understand that, it causes me to be um, very cautious and I take a step back. And this is what's happened just with even my own very quarterback who Two years ago, I would be going nuts buying their cards and doing whatever I could to fill that void in my collection. But at the same time, 
as I've matured in the hobby, I start to understand deeply what truly are my North Stars. And while I view Colts quarterbacks as my North Star in my collection, it's primarily around two quarterbacks who did a lot and made me a lot of memories and made me super happy. And that's Peyton and Andrew Luck. And I know it's so easy to get caught up into the buying your guy, but it's very scary. And so I would say at this point, even pre this game, just post injury, whatever you want to say it, the Anthony Richardson buzz in the city is strong and he's captivated the hearts and minds of a lot of people. And there's been a want for this for a very, very long time. And so for me and being a collector, I go set it, set up the safe search. And I just, I wasn't going to bid on this card, but I was just super curious out of shiny, new, rare stuff. How can I monitor that and see what's happening? So this week I hit a watch on a 2023 Mosaic NFL debut gold out of 10 Anthony Richardson card. The Mosaic product just dropped. Um, the card looked cool. But for me, it was deeply thinking about this card. The NFL debut, we all know this based on Mosaic football, is, is, it, is an insert, right? It's not even the base. So what, right out of the gates, what is this card going to go for? There was 52 bids on this card, and it went for $2,043. $2,043 for a player who is just getting going and has shown flashes, flashes but has been hurt. Mike, the thing that I say is what could I buy for $2,000? What cards in my collection that I deeply love are worth $2,000? And how do I compare and what's that mindset? It's the battle, right? It's a battle where you're a collector and you've got a player and you want to attach yourself to the player, but it's a collision of both worlds because there's people out there trying to take advantage of that emotion. I want to talk more about this later, but I think it's something that I've certainly realized more and more. I'm not looking to buy current and active players, not saying I never will, but it's really hard for me to get satisfied by buying current and active player and riding the roller coaster. It's just not fun to me. I'd rather have the established. I'd rather know what I'm buying and not think I'm going to buy this in you know two weeks from now or a month from now, this card's going to go up in value. I don't need that. I'm buying the cards because of the connection and the memories and the stories. And I don't like the part of the hobby that feels like a gamble. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like to lose money. I don't like to rip wax and pay the prices of that. It's just tough. And so that's not for everyone. But the more and more I dig in, especially as I have this example of a brand new exciting player whose cards are available, I see the prices and I just reflect. And that comes with experience. So never take your experience and the time you have in the hobby and what you're learning, for take it for granted. Don't ever do it. I want to shout out my man Zan, Zanu23 Sports Cards. That conversation on PMGs was what I needed. It is what the doctor ordered. I think there is a legacy and a history and a lineage, lineage around the precious metal gems parallel. And I'm really glad we got an opportunity this past week to talk about it with a collector that knew his stuff and had good perspective. I hope you're enjoying this parallel series. I sure as hell am enjoying having them, mostly because I'm learning something. And it, I've understood when you know building the show and curating content and talking with collectors, the more we can be focused on specific topics and the more we can start talking about things that are interesting to not only us 
uh, me, the host, and meet the other person, but just to think about the audience. I think the reaction has been great because this is a series that you, the collector, has been wanting. You want to learn. You want to hear the passion. You want to get educated. And I hope these conversations have inspired you not to necessarily take action and go buy a new card, but to say it, set up a safe search and start to get educated and start to understand a parallel, maybe a little bit deeper than you thought before. To me, if we're creating content in this hobby, I don't give a shit what you're buying, how you're doing it. I want to help you. I want to get, I'm educating myself. And on the other side, hopefully you're getting educated too. Thought that was a really good episode. It is in the can. Go back if you're looking to learn more about precious metal gems, or perhaps you're just a PMG addict and you're looking for a conversation for two people who dig in deep. Go check that one out. I got my man, Joey the E-Trader on the damn program this Friday to keep the series going. I knew at some point during this run, I was going to have to cover 1992 Tops Gold being the first gold parallel, um, having four sports, basketball, football, baseball, and hockey, all with the parallel. There being some different ways those parallels were presented to collectors I knew I wanted to dig in. I think I got, and I had seen Joey post a Wayne Gretzky quite some time ago. So I figured, you know what? He'd be a good one to have on the program to talk about it. And I think for me, it was fun, right? I thought back to where I was in 1992, being seven years old in 1992, what I was interested in, what I liked. And the, this 1992 Tops set really stands out to me where I literally can visualize in almost all the sports, the the signature cards of certain players and what those images are. And those images and those photos and those cards are iconic to me in a way just because it's a lot of nostalgia. And they're, these cards aren't rare and scarce and they're likely printed more than any other parallel that we talked about. But that's fun. And we need to talk about these milestones that we have in the hobby and the lineage. And when the, a gold parallel comes out, like in 1992 Tops Gold, We need to have a conversation about it and what it means to the hobby today. So I hope we did that for you. You'll have to tune in on Friday and let me know. But really enjoyed that conversation with Joey the E-Trader like I always do. I think just want to dig into this topic and just I'm going to flow for a little bit. I was just thinking about things that I wanted to talk about without any real big script or structure, but just what's on my mind. And I hope you, if you come to this program you understand that the things that are on my mind are things that I'm deeply thinking about and that I think impact and reflect the hobby in some sort of way that makes it interesting for me to talk about. So I think for one, one take that I'll put out there, I think one of the biggest issues we have in the hobby right now is a general lack of understanding, a general lack of understanding about the intentions of each participant that we have in the hobby. And I think there's a generalization at times that everyone should be doing the hobby the way that you are doing it as a collector or as a flipper and their streams get mixed and we get upset and then that causes conflict. I think there are different hobbies within the hobby. We need to have conversations about this and we shouldn't just say that, oh, because everyone is talking about cards, it's all the same. It's not all the same and we shouldn't act like it's the same. It comes about the needs and the desires of the participants And the needs and the desires of certain participants point to different things and require different things. And that 
causes the different segments and the different flavors that we have in the hobby. If you zoom out and look at Instagram, you'll see a lot, I promise you. What I see on a regular basis is a clash of culture and a clash of personality. I think we must truly understand the intentions of the individuals on the other side in order to have a civil discussion about sports cards or things will go off the rails really, really quickly. I think people don't have enough of these one-to-one interactions and people don't have enough of these conversations. And what results is people judging other people by what they're posting, what they're doing, and how they're operating in the hobby. We shouldn't get mad about this unless these people are doing something that negatively impacts the broader community. If that's the case, let's piss on them. Let's throw their name in the mud and let's show out and call them out. There's been a trend of this happening recently in the hobby, and I think it's a really, really good thing. But I'm saying if someone is doing the hobby differently than you and you don't like it, then you got to deal with it. It, Not everyone's going to do the hobby the way you're going to do it. And I think this is something that I am constantly trying to mature in. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to be more open with just the various types. I was thinking about this for a minute and I was thinking about politics. And then I just said, I got to stop thinking about politics and not try to draw political comparisons based on the different actors that I see in the hobby. That'll piss me off as I'm thinking about it and talking about it. But more or less, I think about something more fun. And hell, I just came off the wheels of going to Fastlane. So I think about more or less, let's draw a wrestling comparison because you know what? Everything in the world is professional wrestling. And I'm thinking more like the NWO, black and white, Hollywood, Hogan, for, for, for life versus the NWO Wolfpack. Both of them wore the same banner, but region, the reasons and the mission statements of each of these two factions within the NWO couldn't be more different. The black and the white and the Hollywood were rule breakers or the bad guys. The wolf pack was more the anti-heroes. And I think the hobby and sports cards are a common connection point, but it's what we do with them that causes the distance and the separation. This is what causes the conflict. I'll put a disclaimer out there, and if you tune into my show and you listen to me talk, you probably know which side of the aisle I identify with, and that is a collector. I have zero issue with what side you're on as long as you are a genuine participant. I think when I think about a a genuine participant, I think about someone who is supportive to the community, someone who has zero deception or tricks, and, and they're honest, and they provide good communication throughout. There are so many different types of people, but even if you generalize them into a couple different buckets, you've got the it's a hobby to me crowd, which is I'll identify with. And these are collectors, most importantly, most most significantly, busy professionals, spouses, parents. They want cards over money and not that this crowd doesn't want the value of their cards to go up, but that's not the reason They value what is established. They value the lineage. They value the sports cards for what they are and their place in the hobby. They think a lot about nostalgia. Think about that PMG conversation talking about why those cards matter. They think a lot about the aesthetics, the design, the look and the feel. History matters. They're long-term players. They're here for the long haul, and they believe that this hobby is the greatest escape. They value the connections. They value the relationships. And they don't think about think, doing things like timing the market. So you've got that. It's the hobby to me crowd, baby. And then you've got the other side. 
This is the biggest conflict between the it's the hobby to me crowd and it's the money crowd. The it's the money crowd is the flipper or the investor. They provide a service or they seek opportunities. They're trying to time the market. Most aren't very good at that and come off as douchebags in their content. There are subsets. Some people are very good who are flippers and understand the value of relationships. They have deep product knowledge. They understand relationships. They're great salespeople and they find classic pieces and they know how to connect them to the right homes. There are plenty of people out there that flip cards, make good money and do well because they understand the fundamentals of building relationships and getting cards where they need to go. That's why I don't like to generalize and say all flippers suck because they don't. As a matter of fact, the best flippers are great salespeople and we should recognize that. But most of them are very bad. You think about the investment culture and you think about taking advantage of others and having a me first mindset, trying to take advantage of the naive, trying to take advantage of potential and hype. There's so many layers between these segments and groups. Let's layer in the fact that all the changes in the industry are happening right now with the Fanatics takeover. I recommend to you all it should never be about more. It should never be about the numbers and metrics and volume game. That's silly. And most of the time it's vanity metrics. We should be focusing in on building micro communities and experimentation. And I'm doing this with my experimentation with parallels. I run experiments for a living. I create content for a living. And it's really fun to unite those two things and do them in real time for the hobby. And I'm seeing that micro communities exist in sports and players. It gives in parallels. It gives the opportunity to have real conversations with people who are here for similar reasons. We shouldn't be upset collecting sports cards. If you're upset collecting sports cards, you probably need to take a break. This is the greatest hobby in the world. This is the greatest escape in the world. Let's have fun and let's enjoy our cards. We will talk to you soon. Tops Gold 1992, baby. Tops Gold. Joey, the E-Trader on Friday. You take care. Happy collecting.